each week on the pod, I'll be discussing some topics around career development that I'm really passionate about and advice and tips that I have always wanted to share with as many people as possible. To guide this conversation, I'll oftentimes be referencing either aspects of my own career and anecdotes from my own professional development, as well as conversations that I've had with friends and family. I also hope to get to a point where I get to answer questions from all of you. So if there are any questions out there about careers and career development, be sure to send them my way. So this week, I'd like to talk about probably one of the biggest topics in career development, and it's how to find a job. I know it sounds really basic, and I know that there's also thousands of articles online that are fairly decent in giving people some steps on the best way to approach their job hunt process. I'm also sure that many of you have career development offices at your school with advisors, as well as friends and family who provide advice as well. Well, I'm gonna try to give some uh, off the beaten path advice here um, because Frankly, a lot of the information that I was given about hunting for a job is bullshit. Um, There is a very real uh, hidden job market. Most of you may be surprised to know that 80% of jobs are never posted online. And the jobs that are posted might be jobs that are already being filled internally, might have thousands of applicants that you're competing against, or, and this really grind my gear, grinds my gears, a lot of companies that use those message board forum posting systems or whatever for jobs also have software that scans resumes for keywords and you may never even have a human looking at your resume at all. This to me is just, I mean, to think about the amount of, of time that I've wasted on job boards and applying to jobs to never see a response um, is just, it's, it's mind baffling. And there is a better way to go about this. There is a way to crack into this hidden job market and all it requires is a little creative thinking about what companies need versus what you need. So yes, you need a job. You need to get paid. Maybe you're unemployed. I've been in so many of these boats. I guess I'm a student now, so I'm probably in many of these boats still. Um, Going to companies uh, like this is not the most attractive of ways to present yourself. Um, And that is oftentimes a struggle. And I'll talk about branding when you're unemployed uh, in another segment. But when it comes to finding a job and accessing this hidden job market, it's really important to uh, be your most creative self and think between the lines about how jobs are created, why they're needed, and what you can do to position yourself strategically to uh, be a a great candidate for those opportunities. So this whole topic has come up because I spent yesterday chatting with a wonderful young woman named Aaliyah. And Aaliyah is back in New York 
New York's her home after living in LA for a little bit, where she was pursuing a, a passion around dance uh, while also producing events on the side, mostly as sort of a side hustle, side passion, but it turned into something that she's actually really, really, really interested in and wants to build a career around. And so she did an excellent job of networking her way to me and seeing my background, was interested in how I built my career when it comes to event production and event marketing. So I should also admit that when I moved back from LA, my job hunt was not so hot. I probably applied to something around 300 and 400 jobs via message boards. Um, I was miserable while I did this. I uh, don't think I worked out during this time. I think I just woke up and applied to jobs like a maniac all day. I created like a trillion, okay, that's a over-exaggeration, but I created a lot of different resumes and cover letters. And I heard back from a number of places, but I also didn't hear back from the vast majority of places that I applied to. And the whole process left me feeling deflated and defeated and had taken a real shot at my confidence. Uh, this experience completely changed the way I pursued jobs going forward. I learned my lesson the hard way, but now I can share my favorite tips with you so that hopefully your job hunt goes a little bit more smoothly. And just so you know, I've, I've tucked in here with a nice glass of wine <laughs> so that I can uh, just, you know, informally chat and, and share some knowledge that I've gained over the years about how to make this job hunt process a lot easier. And freelancers out there, even if you're not looking for a full-time job, I think a lot of this is actually probably maybe even more applicable for you. If you're a consultant and you're looking for new business, in general, if you're just trying to get paid by somebody else for your knowledge and your service, I think you should probably listen to these five tips in this, this set of advice. So first up, the best way to find a job. <laughs> Tip number one, read the news. This may seem obvious. Um, for those who it's not, now you know. Step one, read the news. You have to know what's happening in the world and in the industry that your chosen career field path is in. And you have to become like an expert on that. Why? Because you are trying to get hired and people who are getting hired are typically being hired to solve somebody else's problem. In order to know what problems you're solving, you have to know what's going on in the world so that you can position yourself strategically to say, hey, hey, future boss, company, executive, I'm the answer to those problems. I highly recommend that you set up a Google News Alert, which is super easy to do, for all of the companies and brands that you're interested in working for, and perhaps even for the industries that you are um, interested in pursuing careers in as well. Why? Whenever some news thing breaks, it's because there's something going on internally at that organization, and that might be a sign or an opportunity um, for you to dig deeper and see how, you know, maybe there's a job in there for you. Maybe there's a, a, future, a future contract in there for you. A great example um, I can pull from my own life, when I 
finally landed a job when I moved back to New York. It was at the National Basketball Association. And I found that job because I had, one, kept in contact with a recruiter that I had met at HBO who had then moved over to the NBA. And even though I hadn't spoken to him in many, many years, aside from like, you know, pleasantries on LinkedIn, I reached out and I, I let him know that I was looking for a job and I presented myself as a creative. And I said, you know, I'm coming from LA, I have this animation background, I've been working in marketing, um, I, you know, am a designer, I have all these creative skills, and I recently read that commissioner, new commissioner Adam Silver was changing sort of the brand of the NBA. He wanted to bring more people into the brand, make it more inclusive. I had noticed that there were brand partnerships with, with companies that kind of seemed different for the league. And I wondered if that was a sign that maybe they were part, approaching their partnership strategy in a more creative and different manner. I looked at the actual creative, the ads and the videos and what I saw that whatever was being done on like YouTube and social media. And I saw this um, sophisticated that had um, sort of unfurled around the brand over the last year. And in my email, which I did keep pretty brief, I credited that to the change um, in culture because of the new commissioner. And I asked if perhaps that with that change in culture, there might be an opportunity for a creative such as myself to make a difference at the league. Ooh. <laughs> It was a good email. It was one of those emails that I forwarded to my mother and was like, ooh, look at this. Look at your daughter networking. And it worked. It worked. I heard back from the recruiter. I was put in touch with um, a marketing team that was looking to build out its creative uh, uh, output. And they needed individuals with creative and design backgrounds. And they wanted to appeal to people outside of their core NBA fans. And that was going to be a cornerstone of a lot of my research. Like, bingo. Like, I nailed it. I found the problem. I positioned myself as the answer to said problem. And then what came of it? A job opportunity with, mind you, some negotiating power because I had during this process discovered that they needed me. Job hunt tip number two is one that might be a little controversial, but it's frankly one of my favorite. Apply to companies with problems. This doesn't mean apply to a company where you're afraid that your paycheck is going to bounce or be extremely late or something like that. I'm saying when you're doing the research and you're looking at the news and reading about different brands, don't necessarily fill your top pro uh, prospect list of companies with the top 10 Fortune 100 companies or Fortune 50 companies. Uh, I think it's actually more fun and perhaps more advantageous to really look outside, be, a, be an out-of-the-box thinker and find the companies that are struggling, that have challenges, don't always apply to the Nikes when Under Armour is probably fighting to get that some of that market share. And it might mean that their company is in a place where they're willing to take risks. They're willing to be aggressive. They're willing to pull smart, savvy people who would rather work for them than for the big guy onto their team. I think it's a strategic way to present yourself as, you know, not just the kid who's like applying to the Harvards of, of them all, not to knock any Harvard grads. I think your school is wonderful. I'm just saying that sometimes we can be 
very strategic in our career search or excuse me, our job search when we apply to companies that have opportunities for growth because they have opportunities for growth. And yes, there are some amazing companies that are doing great things that are, you know, top 10 companies to work for and they have tons of opportunities. I'm just also saying that the competition for those jobs might be so, so intense that your negotiating power when and if you get to the table for a job might not be in the place that it could be had you went to maybe a little bit of smaller company, a more, you know, less established brand and could, you know, essentially be a big fish in a small pond. I don't even know if that's 100% applicable here, but I I think you know what I mean. Um, It's it's not to say that, you know, this is, let me back up. It's not to say that, you know, if your dream is to work at, you know, the biggest tech company in the world and nothing, you know, will beat Google for you. Like, go ahead, apply to those Google jobs. Just know that your strategy, the uphill battle that you have to climb, especially if you don't have internal connections, is going to be that much more difficult. Also, consider it this way. Let's say you were to go to a competitor of your dream company. Let's you know, use this Nike Under Armour scenario let's say your dream is to work for for nike and you're just you don't have anybody there that you can connect with well some benefits of going to a let's say under armor or an adidas or um just another another fitness shoe brand is that you're going to learn a lot about the market from another perspective and then when the opportunity presents itself for you to go back aggressively at Nike and make a pitch for a job and, and, and look for the opportunity, you now are doing it with direct experience working at one of their rivals. I mean, this type of insider knowledge is like what these companies love. It's what these companies, frankly, they crave. <laughs> so you never know how you might actually be helping yourself get to that dream company by looking at a company that is one of its competitors or you know your second your, your your safety not that any of these companies should be safeties if you don't have a job but you're you know they may not be your first tier job hunt tip number three at least involves some you know activities that i bet you're already doing which is looking at lots of job postings on all sorts of websites so job tip number three is read between the lines of the job postings so going back to my original comment about how hiring is a process whereby somebody who has a problem is searching for someone to solve that problem this speaks very much to that so i will illuminate this tip with another personal story um and this is for a story for a job i actually did not end up getting because the job ended up being uh removed due to some corporate cuts <laughs> that unfortunately i had nothing to do with but i still think it's a great story and a great lesson so i was once applying to full-time jobs at hbo um this is after i had interned a number of times i uh again this is when i was i had just moved back to new york from la and i had been refreshing that a uh, job page every single day because as i told you i had been applying to jobs like it was my full-time job for what felt like 90 days. And one day I noticed a whole slew of marketing jobs had been posted and they 
all seemed to revolve around the same area of business, which was licensing and merchandising. Now, licensing and merchandising is an area that I have experience in because when I was working out in LA at Illumination Entertainment, I had been involved in some of the licensing and merchandising activities around their theme parks and around promotions for uh, Despicable Me and the Lorax. So I was, you know, I felt like I could have a really good uh, argument and, and strategy, excuse me, argument about why I was a good choice for um, this, these roles, any of these roles at HBO. Now, before I went and applied via the recruiter um, that I, I knew from my time um, as an intern, I went back to tip number one and I did some research. And in my research, I discovered that HBO had had this really successful um like promotional tour for Game of Thrones where they had gone to like Ireland and brought like a throne and like went around Europe and everybody was crazy for it. And I found some article that said that they now might be considering opening up like in, in like a Game of Thrones museum in Ireland. And it just sounded like there was a lot of activity happening in that area of the business. And that was exactly what these jobs seem to be responding to. They all had to do with um, licensing and merchandising, setting up shops. One of them had mentioned that, you know, the focus would be international and expanding HBO's exposure overseas. So, you know, connecting the dots, I assume that these jobs probably had something to do with Game of Thrones and the huge licensing opportunities that were coming out of that, um, out of that brand. So I went on LinkedIn, I did some more digging, and I discovered that the licensing team, particularly the digital licensing team, which uh, one of the one of the jobs was specifically that, and I was very interested in that one, it was a really small team. I mean, I couldn't see everybody that was in the, the HBO network on LinkedIn, but I could see enough to tell that this team was small. Like it probably had maybe four people, maybe five. And given the amount of, of work had, that had already been done because of the news articles I read, I could only imagine how stressed all these individuals were. And heading into the, you know, the, the run up to another season, I was like, they probably have a million and one things that they need to do. And they need to staff this team up quickly with smart individuals that know this business and can get work done. And that is exactly how I positioned myself when I went and approached the recruiter that I knew. I talked about my licensing background. I talked about the, the growth of Game of Thrones and how I was a great, the huge fan. And I asked if that team needed additional support. And I mentioned some of the jobs that I had seen on the, on the job page and inquired about whether perhaps those jobs might be in this area of the business. And guess what? I was right. I was right. I heard back from the recruiter and he said, wow, like we're actually already really deep in the interview process. We've been looking at people internally, but you know, we'd love to bring you in. And I got advanced to a uh, like third round interview in the last two weeks of their hiring, um, even though they were going to go with an internal candidate um, because of my research. In the end, uh, I will say that job and all those jobs ended up being nixed because there were some corporate cuts at HBO like that same week. But how crazy is that story? <laughs> job hunt tip number four, look for executive moves on LinkedIn. This is, okay, maybe these are all just my favorite tips because I think that they're all fantastic and they all work. But 
This one I like the most because LinkedIn is probably my favorite social media platform, like before Instagram and um, like anything else, Twitter, it's gonna be LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. I've gotten job opportunities from LinkedIn. I have met wonderful individuals on LinkedIn. I get some fantastic news on that site. So I, um, it, it's, it's a cornerstone of my career strategy, like overall, like I really think about how I present my page and yeah, I need to do a whole other post on LinkedIn and, and how, you know, you should love it too. But I think that anyone who is looking for a job should absolutely be paying attention to the people who are working at that at the companies that you're interested in and tracking those careers. You need to think creatively and, and just like kind of um, critically about the executives that you're gonna be working for. Case in point, let's say you go on to LinkedIn and you go check out, I don't know, what's somebody's favorite brand. Let's say, I just want to use Nike for everything, but I don't think that's a good idea. Lululemon. Let's say Lululemon is like one of your favorite brands. I don't even know if their offices are in New York. I think that if you really wanted to be strategic about how you're going to approach them for a job, before you reach out to them, before you look at the job postings, but maybe not before you look at the news, definitely look at the news. You should go on LinkedIn and take a look at who's working there. Look at how long they've been working there. Take a look at the departments and the heads of departments that you're interested in, you know, working for and departments you're willing to be in. And take a look at how long individuals have been in certain roles. Do you see like a director level person, a VP level person who's been at the job for less than two months? That to me is an opportunity. I love new hires. New hires at companies oftentimes can come in with a lot of clout and a lot of power because the company wants to make sure that they do well in their new role. And oftentimes when somebody moves up, a vacuum may have been created and there's some other position underneath them that needs to be filled, their previous position perhaps, or now that this person has risen to a new new degree of uh, power and authority in their company, they may have some power and authority to reshape their department, which means that they have increased hiring power, and that might mean an opportunity for you. So if you're looking for a job, I highly recommend that you go to LinkedIn, and this isn't just, this isn't a plug for LinkedIn, I don't get paid by LinkedIn, but consider doing their premium level their LinkedIn Pro, whatever that is called for a couple of months so that you can really look at moves within your network and moves within companies that you're interested in working for so that you can understand what's happening at that company on the, you know, sort of uh, operational, like who is working here level, how long they've been here, um, you know, how long they've been promoted, how long it takes to get promoted, get an understanding of, of that sort of dynamic and then think critically about what opportunities may be available based on any changes that you might see on the executive level. Also, use this as an opportunity to see if, you know, maybe the company has some issues with promoting people. Uh, if you're looking to go in as an executive assistant or a coordinator, but you start looking at the lengths of times that people have been there and you see it takes, you know, 12 years to get up to the next level or something, and you don't think that is, you know, going to work with your professional timeline, then this may not be a company uh, for you to work for, or it may be a company that you might only work for for a little bit of time. And if everybody else is staying there for like 12 years, then you're going to be the person who comes in is only there for a year. And that can be weird. You know, and I can talk about job hopping in another post, but 
I definitely think that, you know, there's a lot of information um, that can be sort of gleaned from the data on LinkedIn about people who work at companies, how long they've been there, and their various titles and positions. Use this information to your advantage. Think very critically about what that information is trying to tell you and read between the lines again and see if any of those, you know, those that info that you kind of suss out might be a potential career opportunity for you. All right, this is the last job tip and it is by no means the least important. For some people, this is the entirety of their job strategy and frankly, I don't think they're wrong. Um, This last tip is network like you mean it. Network like you've never networked before in your entire life. As I mentioned at the outset of this post series, 80% of jobs are hidden. They're never posted, they're never shared, they're never publicized. They are posted by individuals who want to quickly get to the person that they wanna hire with the minimum amount of friction, and they wanna make sure that the person that they hire isn't just some rando and that they're not crazy. Meaning that the best way for you to get a job is to get in front of these people before they even know that they have a job, that they are gonna hire you for. And I know that sounds convoluted and crazy, so let's just think about this from the other person's perspective and then I'm gonna give you some advice about how you can network like you need it. So when I started working in advertising, when I joined an advertising agency, I think that's when I realized how difficult it was to find good people. It seems like no matter how many job posts we put up, all over the place, how many people we reached out to within our network, we were always understaffed. We were always a coordinator short, or we needed more brand ambassadors, or we wanted to bring in some PAs, or we were missing a manager, or there wasn't a good enough VP, or there was a shitty VP and they sucked and now they left. I mean, the turnover at agencies is just like kind of unreal. And I think for me, being a part of that and seeing that and kind of really dealing with the day-to-day struggle of like, oh my God, I just need to hire something, someone amazing and I don't want to like look for anyone because I have a million and one things going on. It meant that I myself was relying on my network to, to staff up half the time. I was thinking, okay, who do I know right now, this moment, who's looking for a job? I don't want to sift through 500 resumes. I don't want to go through some long, lengthy HR process. I need bodies right now to solve my problems at this company right now. And I know that this is probably not what job hunters want to hear. Um, You guys are, you know, coming in, trying to show that you're going to change everything and make things better and all this good stuff. And, you know, I know you're just trying to get paid. (laughs) I know you're trying to, you know, know, get a job and move up in your career. You know, there's a really cynical view on the other side from employers, which is like, I need to get something done now and your needs might be short term and short sighted. And, you know, my needs in so many ways are short term and short sighted. So let me just go with someone in my network, somebody that I know, someone who's vetted and that I trust that, you know, I think is going to show up on time and get the job done in a mediocre fashion and you know if you know they're my cousin my cousin's nephew's aunt's best friend or whatever fine done as long as they can string a sentence together and you know know some decent grammar they can work for me I kid you not this is how a lot of people think about hiring and you know while it may be disheartening for some of you to hear that this is how individuals think about staffing up their teams it's frankly just a reality because we're overworked and we're tired So when it comes to the job hunt process, when it comes to this networking piece, 
I just think that it's probably the most important tip on this list. You need to get in front of these people in some informal matter and get into their network so that when that crazy job comes across their desk and they realize that they absolutely need to expedite the hiring of, you know, a bunch of mid-level folks, then at least, you know, they remember you because they spoke to you last week or two weeks ago. Um, this is not something that I can cover in five minutes. So that's why this last tip, I'm actually going to split into two so that I can go into some detail about how you can network like you mean it, the types of places that you should be looking at when it comes to networking. Hint, hint, it's not just things related to your job. And I'll explain why in the next post. Um, and I hope that if you take some of these uh these uh, sort of tips to heart when it comes to networking, you'll find yourself in a position, um, perhaps not immediately, networking is something that you kind of have to lay the groundwork for and the, the, the benefits reveal themselves to you a little bit later. But I stand by the fact that if you do this, something good will occur from it because companies are not just nameless, faceless entities. They are organizations that are comprised of people. And so if you want to get a job, you should get to know the people that will likely be hiring and offering you those opportunities. How do you network like you mean it? Well, I first want to break down networking into two different types of networking and then focus on one of those because I feel like that one is going to give you your biggest bang for your buck. So there are two types of networking. There is informal networking and formal networking. Formal networking is the networking that I think most of us are familiar with when we think of networking as it pertains to the job hunt. So formal networking is going to events that are directly related to your current job or your current business and is pretty much like a business thing. Like you're writing off business expenses when you go to this thing. This is like a conference or a convention or your company sends you on a business trip and you have to do some seminar with other people. Um, and there are so many benefits to formal networking. First of all, there's tons of professional development opportunities, typically in the form of seminars and workshops and classes and things like that. If you go to conventions and conferences, and then there's the fact that in those different sort of settings, you'll likely meet other people at your level and if you stay in touch with those people, they might let you know about opportunities at their company. Um, if you go to these events, you're gonna, you might meet executives at these companies. So formal, ne ne formal networking is absolutely a useful area of networking, but it is by no means the only way to go about it. And I actually think informal networking is a much better way to go about your job hunt. So in networking terms, Informal networking is like everything else. It's volunteering, it's going and joining, you know, a marathon team. It's being a part of a community or a club or something that, you know, is sort of around one of your hobbies or your interests. The reason why I think informal networking is so critically important to career development is one, this is also about you. Your job is not just, like your life is not just your job. And informal networking, especially if you make sure that you're doing activities that you love, can just add a certain level of dynamism to your personal life. So I hate to you know, get into life advice right now, but this is bigger than career development. This is just about your own personal sanity. Then the other benefits of informal networking is that 
when you're engaged in something that you like with other people who like those things, you might make a friend. And a friend is going to help you way more than like a loose business associate. A friend is someone who is going to become invested in you in an emotional level, who's going to like you and want to advocate for you. And when you get involved in you know, these clubs and activities and things like that, people are typically more receptive to you overall because they're engaged in something that they love and they're meeting you while they're doing that thing. <laughs> so. You know, it, it may not seem like the most obvious choice, like, oh, hey, I really need a job. Why am I joining, you know, a soccer team? But you, you just never know where these jobs are gonna come from. And especially if you have exhausted your own immediate network and you are not finding the job opportunities within your own immediate network, then it is critical. It is absolutely critical that you expand outside of your network so that you can diversify the types of folks that you are talking to and by that extension, you diversify the types of opportunities that are going to be presented to you. Yes, it's kind of weird. I'm telling you to go have fun and hang out and meet people as my number one tip, but I think that's because we've talked about job hunting from the wrong way for a very long time. If 80% of the jobs are never posted, then we should be spending 80% of our time, in my opinion, trying to figure out who those people are who aren't posting their jobs. Don't worry about the jobs that are posted online. Try to get to the individuals that are struggling with finding people and get to know them in an informal manner and maybe become one of their friends. And maybe through this process, you will, I hope, I believe, find your next job.